Ciao, sono Alain, vengo dall'Italia e state ascoltando il, post- il podcast di Empty Spiral. This is Mike. This is Russ. This is Alan. This is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hey. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, very right. good, thank you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Uh, very, very good. To mention the weather. Well, this is our last day of sunny weather in the UK. What's the weather like where you are? And then where are you at the moment? I'm in Italy right now. I'm at home. It's been pretty much sunny these days. But it's going to be raining like tomorrow. <laughs> Whereabouts are you in Italy? I am in the northern part in uh, Trentino. Okay, so what's the closest large city to where you are? Ha! <laughs> I'm in the middle of the mountains. The closest, I guess, it's Venice. Verona, Venice. Okay, I suppose we should introduce you, really. You're a Lacunacore fan that we're going to interview today on the podcast, aren't you? Yeah. Cool. But what are you to, Mike? Um, nothing really, just work, work, work. So I'll be thankful it's uh, the start of the weekend tomorrow because I'm pretty tired at the moment. What about you, Russ? Me, mostly work, and then I had the joys of catching up with a couple of friends at the uh, the Roundhouse last night. So I had my first experience of that in advance of the uh, LC show with Paradise Lost, and very impressive it as a venue. Yeah. It's not the the biggest venue as you'd expect it to be from the outside, but it's, it's still of a grandiose scale and it's just the way it's set out is really really cool so looking forward to the uh, the show later in the year probably even more now you got a sense of what the capacity is of the place um i'm not to judge it's probably about seven thousand something like that could be okay. wrong okay how does it compare to say i don't know brixton academy um it's more it sounds stupid obviously it's round because it's the roundhouse but you get a sense of it's a bit more closed in i suppose okay. it's more it's more intimate Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, as for me, it's all been about work, and I might have accidentally bought a new camera this week. Um, Ouch. Yeah, know, never mind, eh? What about you, Alain? What have you been doing this week? Um, nothing special, actually. I've been studying a lot because I'm uh, under exams, and uh, I just have here around uh, for my parents' house, and uh, just it. I've been to a concert. Where did you just go? Just nothing special. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough, then. Fair enough. <laughs> right, okay, so news-wise this week, uh, today... We saw some new pictures appear on the uh, Lacuna Coil, actually not on the Lacuna Coil Facebook, but it was posted on a number of the band's uh, pages, uh, tagged as it were. And it looks like uh, Chris is doing the drumming sessions for the new material, by the looks of things. There's lots of recording stuff going on. Now, we mentioned it in last week's podcast. It's all rather quite exciting, if you ask me. I can't wait. And uh, it feels like they're teasing us now, doesn't it, with these little snippets of pictures and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. It's uh, it looks a very busy period at the moment that they've uh, they've suddenly started like uh, and hit the ground running with it, and it's good to see that kind of thing going on so uh, so quickly. Yeah, yeah they're still... really fast. Yeah. Really, they they started like uh, I don't know last month writing the stuff, and now they're recording, so they're going very really fast. Yeah, I'm happy. Like yeah, I'm very happy. Be interested to see I'm how long it is. Sorry, Ralph. I'm still riding the wave of hoping that there's going to be a, an influx of death growls in there somewhere. But let's wait and see. Do you, you know it's still going to be hip-hop. Well, you know, I was hoping a, a death metal bonus track, perhaps. Maybe we could have a bit of hip-hop with some growling on it. Yeah, hip, <laughs> hip-hop death metal fusion. Mash-up, With some yeah. funky beats. Yeah. I, I would be totally down for that. Let's. We, we can only hope. 
Maybe maybe they'll listen to this podcast and uh, re-engineer a few tracks for us with some. Well, it could be the uh, could be the bonus track. Some scratching some mixing and some roaring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else we got? Yeah, so after our review of Distant Sun last week, uh, there's a post from Enspen on our Empty Spiral forum about the harmonies that I mentioned in the review. Uh, I'm going to post the link to the forum post in the uh, show notes for the podcast this week. It's a very interesting uh, thread, or I should say a very interesting post, uh, and there's lots of information there, including the transcript of the lyrics and the music that surrounds them. So definitely worth checking out if you're a Distant Sun fan. Joining us this week is Alain from Italy, somewhere in the mountains about the middle in the north, <laughs> we've managed to establish so far. Now, I it's thought not Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, Alain, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. How did you get into Lacuna Coal? Well, it was, uh, I guess, 2003, when, uh, or 2002, I don't remember, when I first heard uh, Heaven's Alive. It was, uh, I saw the video actually, but I was pretty much into other types of music at that time, so I did not discover it that much. But then in 2006, uh, a friend of mine uh, gave me a copy of uh, his Karma Code. Pretty much that was it. I fell in love with the band. Then I started uh, looking for information about them. And then that's it. From 2006 on, it was just Lacuna Coil all my life. <laughs> Just out of interest, um, obviously you come from Italy, and I know that in the past, Dave, the the Italian music scene is not typically, their music isn't typical of the Italian music scene, I guess is what I'm saying. When you first discovered them, did you know that the band were Italian? Not really. Hearing the English, of course, uh, you can hear they're not English, but uh, you cannot hear they're really Italians. So at first, uh, when they told me, ah, they're Italians, it was like, what the Freak, are you saying what? what? <laughs> then I discovered really, oh, wow, they're Italian. They're like me. Wow. <laughs> that was surprising because, uh, as you said, uh, here in Italy, we listen to a lot of other types of music, not metal. It's uh, metal is pretty much underground here. Nobody knows about metal as much uh, as like pop music or typical Italian music. You know, you know the passionate music. Mm-hmm. It's all everything else. So uh, being then uh, Italian, it's sort of like a matter of pride for me. I can understand I that. I can understand why you'd feel that way. I, I, I <laughs> guess. I guess it must have been. I mean, we have heard stories over the years in interviews with the band. It must have been really hard for them to to build a build a band with that kind of music in the Italian scene. I mean, they've been around for some time and I can understand how long, it, how it's taken so long for the band to build up that reputation, that f- uh, fame, I guess, that popularity in in their own country. And it's always felt like, actually, as special as them playing in front of an Italian crowd mm. is to them, you know, their home crowd, as it were, I get a sense that it's something that's always been a bit of a challenge to them, and especially the media in Italy has not always been particularly uh, giving them much attention, shall we say. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I guess even right now, the, the reputation here 
is not uh, what they deserve. Because I remember I saw their videos on MTV Italy, and now they're never passing on their television, or I don't know, or in any music television, apart from just one channel, which is rock TV, and they broadcast their videos, but all the other channels, they, they do not. And also on the radio, you cannot hear them. Uh, with Dark Adrenaline, they had a, a very big success all over the world. I don't know why here they're not. It's it's really, I don't know, tiring. Of, uh, I don't know, it's uh, old stuff to me. It's disgusting. It <laughs> disgusting. must really be very difficult. frustrating. Frustrating, yeah. yeah. That's the right one. That's the word. <laughs> so when was your first show? When did you first see the band live? I saw them first four years ago now. I'm feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think we feel? Come on. It's like, it feels like yesterday and I'm like four years ago. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, it was like uh, I was in the second year of my university. And I thought, uh, yeah, I might buy the tickets. I bought them without uh, doubt. And I asked a friend of mine, uh, would you want to come with me? Because uh, uh, she knew them, uh, but she's never seen them live. She didn't even remember they were Italians. So we went there, and uh, we were really surprised. We, we really loved it. It's lovely seeing them live. It's very energetic. I remember they did... Uh, it was one of the first times they were playing uh, of, uh, about Shallow Life. I really loved their Spellbound performance that night, and also Fragile. I, I, they, those were the two I really remember, because uh, I was jumping all around, and it was one of my f really first concerts I went to, so it's very satisfying. And yeah, man, it's one of uh, the best experiences, I guess, in my life. Excellent. Excellent. How many times have you seen them since? So far, uh, counting uh, last week, I saw them uh, four times. One uh, for a year, one each year. I know it's nothing like, uh, I don't know, you've, you've seen that like 50 times, 50 or something, or 100. I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like... Oh, I struggle to remember, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, I'm, I'm like uh, a rookie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I still mean, have to grow my experience. <laughs> yeah, but it goes back to what we said earlier. I mean, the band don't tour in Italy very often, do they? I mean, they, they've, they've done tours in the UK, in this country, which... Is seventeen, eighteen shows, and you, have they ever done oh, like, it? Yeah, you get, you may get a handful if you're lucky. Yeah, I know uh, that last no two years ago it was like uh, five shows in a row, with, in which one was cancelled, uh, the Naples one, and usually they do like one or two shows. Mm. I don't know, it's not that much, but of course here they're not very known. Uh, they're Nobody knows them, really. And so they don't have really the chance to do a very extensive tour, actually. So you mentioned that you've seen them four times, and, you, and I noticed you also mentioned that you saw them last week. So you saw them at the, um, in the Milan show where they were supporting System of a Down? Yes, I did. So how was that? It was rainy. <laughs> <laughs> it was wet, really wet. <laughs> no, really, it was uh, a really long day because uh, I had to travel from home to Milan. And uh, when we arrived, we got lost, of course, because mm -hmm. we are stupid. <laughs> we don't know, I'm sorry, we don't know how to turn around, uh, even in my house. <laughs> and so we got lost, and uh, we almost missed them. But luckily enough, it started uh, raining heavily, and so they pushed uh, the, the starting, actually, at uh, 6.30. 
And then I managed, I don't know for which miracle in the world, I, I managed to see them. But I wasn't in the front row, sadly, because uh, there were some friends of uh, ours, actually, like Emilia or uh, Josie. They were in the front rows. And uh, I stayed uh, back. And <laughs> it was really, I don't know, strange, because uh, I was one of the only ones that uh, really loved the band in mm. the back part. Because all around me, it was all uh, insulting, really. <laughs> mm. So it was like, I'm jumping. And the guy behind me was like, shitty band, go home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> He's going to punch me. I don't know. But system of down then. Or Deftones, because yeah, yeah. I saw them really headbanging that much on Deftones and not on System of Down. Which oh, was right, okay. <laughs> no, and uh, they, um, they did a really fast show. It's like nine songs, okay. really going the do 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 and on. Right. Was, okay. So <laughs> you start enjoying it and uh, it's finished. But uh, it was really really crazy, crazy because you saw that you could see them even from far away. You could see them having fun. You could see them having a blast, really. And uh, even though there were some technical issues, like uh, Mouse's guitar or uh, I don't know the earphone, no the ear earphone, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Christina uses it broke. So she sang like without knowing uh, what she's singing, <laughs> and uh, but it was perfect, really. It was really, really, really enjoyable. Excellent. Nine songs will just fly by though, won't they? As you say. Just well, they they did the most famous one, of course, the ones. But uh, I don't know why they didn't play anything from Kamalais. They started from Code from uh, to Dark Adrenaline, because they did. Uh, I don't believe in tomorrow. Then they did. I won't tell you. Kill the Lights, then uh, they did uh, uh, Fragile, Spellbound, uh, I don't remember the, the correct order, but uh, yeah, Angel of the Silence, and they started uh, singing it again uh, on the tour. They did uh, Survive, uh, of course, Search of the Darkness, and that's it. They did just uh, the newest ones, I guess, the most known. Well, well let's not forget that um Lies is over a decade old now, so there's, there's been... A number of albums between yeah i know but usually if uh they do a show and they choose the most famous one they maybe usually play uh, at least a swan or heavens and light at least that's a yeah of course of so course. that's strange even because uh they are heavier than uh the newer stuff i guess so maybe they would have been more enjoyable for the crowd mm. but uh as uh serena told me because she was like on the stage, mm -hmm. I, I don't know where precisely. Mm -hmm. and she told me that she's seen some uh, head banging, some jumping around on Fragile, very heavy. Mm -hmm. So they, at least on the front rows, they really enjoyed it. Cool. Well, that's good to know, at least. You've met the band now, I take it? Yeah. So when was that? When did you first meet Lacuna? I first met them uh, two years ago. It was my birthday. Yeah, it was the, one of the first times that they played uh, Without Fear live. And uh, I met uh, Maki before the show because we I was there like uh, really early, like hours earlier. I was alone <laughs> with a friend of mine, uh, which I met uh, really on the venue. And uh, he went out to smoking and he stayed out uh, during the sound check. So I, he didn't do the sound check <laughs> actually. And then I met uh, all the other ones after the show. They were really, really, really kind uh, and. Uh, I don't know. They they let you speak. They listen to you. They're really down to earth. 
you've been a fan for quite some time now, as you say. So 2006 was when you really got into the band. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a favourite album or song? Well, both, actually. Because, okay, okay it, it, it's it's really hard deciding which is your favourite album or song. But uh, since I started with Karma Code, uh, digging into the band, uh, I guess that's my really favourite album so far. Even though Dark Adrenaline still uh, is, I don't know, taking the place, but to me, I, I vote for Karmako, that's my favorite album. And also the song is from that album, it's, uh, everyone knows it's my favorite song, because <laughs> I usually keep on posting like three times a day. It's uh, Without Fear, which so, so happens to be half Italian. Of course. So it's understandable. <laughs> Well, it's a good, cho- a good choice, actually. It's a great song, and I can't wait for us to get to Karma Code and uh, make our way through that uh, track list and, and do the reviews from. And certainly, without fear, it's a highlight for me. As... Well, if you want to come back home when we do it, you're more than welcome Of course, to. whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that, uh, as you say, it's your favourite song, and partly because it's half Italian. So as you know, we've been reviewing all the songs in, I guess, chronological order, album order. Uh, we're now up to Unleash Memories, which means we've already attempted to review Sensafine twice. As a native Italian, how do you see Sensafine? I mean, obviously, they don't do everything in it. They don't do all their songs in Italian. That's an Italian song. It's very special to the band. It always gets a good crowd reaction. What does it mean to you? How would you review Sensafine as, as an Italian? Well, I... Don't really know how would I review the song because honestly, when I first heard it, I was like uh, surprised because I didn't know they were Italian. So I understood from it they were Italian. And I don't know, since uh, you're English, of course, you understand all the lyrics and you know they are very deep. But to me, being Italian and not being so in touch with the lyrics, with the English lyrics, and then hearing Sensafina, it's strange to me because uh, it's very, it's a very deep song. It's very enjoyable and very deep at the same time. And also the part where Andrea sort of talks, it's uh, strange uh, to hear it because uh, it's, it feels like a prayer. I don't know. It's, uh, it's strange when you hear this, this song and your parents are on the other room and they say, what the fuck are you listening to? Are you depressed? <laughs> or, I don't know, should we bring it to the psychologist? Or, I don't know, are you having fun? And uh, I don't know, it's... No, to me, that song is sort of special, I guess. Because, of course, it's Italian, it's, uh, it's a matter of pride. Yeah, it's very deep, very, very deep. What about you, but when I'm listening to a song, yeah. the, the lyrics are are important. Not Probably not, for the most of the time, at least, I'd say as important as the music to me. Certainly they don't... The the emotion of the music comes across stronger generally than the emotion of the lyrics. That's not always the case, of course. But I, I can get the emotion from Sensafino, but I don't think I get all the emotion because I'm not a native Italian speaker and I, I can't just hear this, hear the words and know what they mean instinctively as you can. So is is it a sad song to you? I mean, is that how it comes across? I don't know. It's a matter of points of view I depend I think sorry it's uh, like uh, giving yourself to another person without endlessly I don't know endlessly really mm. no it's like giving up uh, my destiny is uh, being uh, with you at least if that's how I read it 
it's like, okay, I give up. I surrender. That's my destiny. That's uh, how am I supposed to live? It's by your side. So I'm, I'm resigning. It's me. I'm giving to you. It's, uh, it's a destiny. It's like a matter of destiny. Sure, sure. That's pretty powerful stuff. Powerful message. Of course. Like, like every other song, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. So this brings me on to my final question then. What does being a Lacuna Core fan mean to you? Okay, so for a general, really general Lacuna Core fan, it takes guts. Because uh, really you go in an environment where, okay, you find friends. Because uh, through Facebook you can find lots of friends which have your taste. But uh, really in life around you, it's... Uh, very hard finding somebody, at least here, finding somebody who really listens to to Lacuna Coil or to the stuff you're listening to. So it, uh, I don't know, it's hard to share. It's something hard to share, but uh, at the same time, it's very, very, I don't know, I, I really like being a Lacuna Coil fan because it's the band itself that makes uh, that makes it uh, easier on you being a fan of their theirs. Because they are very good people, very nice people. They leave you a really good message. So you're being a fan of theirs means uh, being very deep inside, having a lot of emotions and uh, keeping your feet on the ground also. Because, I don't know, maybe listening to their songs and listening to their message keeps you on the ground, really. Mm. It uh, helps you going through your daily life, uh, it makes you understand, okay, you can face a problem, but uh, really you're not alone. There's somebody else somewhere in the world who, who is facing the same problems as you are, or even worse. It's like a therapeutic. Mm. Being a fan is really therapeutic. It makes you feel better. And of course, uh, the, the main part of being a fan is uh, meeting other fans. Mm-hmm. Me- getting to know them like I got to know you last year. Or uh, getting to know, getting in touch with many, many other people, even though not physically, it's uh, it makes you feel like you're not strange, uh, like uh, you're not uh, somebody really outside of the crowd. Mm. There is your crowd, which is not the, the the main crowd around the world. There is your crowd, and you can feel good in it. There's a lot of passion amongst the Lacuna Core fan base, isn't there? Yes. Yes, that's true. You can see Gillian. I don't know if uh, I spelled her name right, but uh, Gillian is very passionate. It makes you feel really more passionate about the band because of what she does. Even you, Russ, and Mike, what you do makes you help you make you feel passionate about the band because you see other passion, mm. really. No, I can completely understand that. And I, I think pick it up on your first point point there about it's sometimes hard, especially as you say in Italy where the band aren't necessarily as appreciated as much as they can you must when you find other Lakunikov fans there is that sense of camaraderie that sense of shared passion and shared belief in, in something it must be quite a powerful sense in itself yeah really even, even when somebody just hears about Lakunikov even though he's not a fan I'm like okay you heard about Lakunikov I like you <laughs> it's something really automatic <laughs> it's, it comes from the heart really because uh, you're not used to it at least where I live, uh, I live in a small town, it's like uh, 3,000 people. And you know them all. You know what they do. You know what they like. And you know they will never like something like Lacuna Coy. But as 
the right moment you know somebody who likes Lacuna Coil, who even has heard about Lacuna Coil, you're like, wow, I'm not alone. (laughs) You feel like, wow, I have a new friend. review this week uh, we are reviewing a current obsession taken from the lacuna Core album unleash memories now i've heard this ugly rumor that it's my turn to go first is that true yep it's not a wind-up is it no uh, <laughs> it should be fairly swift you're not a big fan of this song so oh, off you go God. um do you know what i had a load of notes written down and i seem to have lost them all so i'm gonna have to black this now i don't know where to start uh, can I just say I concur with whatever Mike says? Yeah, champion. <laughs> uh, right, uh, current obsession. All right, here's the truth. If I had to choose a favourite Lacuna Core song, I would struggle because I think Lacuna Core have such so many diverse songs. It really depends on what mood I'm in as to what song I want to listen to there. But if I had to choose one song that for me was Lacuna Coil, was the perfect song that represented the band, it would be a current obsession. There you go, that's in my review. Uh, it's probably not good enough, is it? I This is my f- favourite Lacuna Coil song, and it has been pretty much since I first heard it. When I, when I played Unleashed Memories for the first time in 2003, the first song, obviously, Air of a Dying Day, kind of grabbed my attention it was the beginning of my musical epiphany as I've called it but it wasn't until I got to this track on the album that I fell in love with Lacuna Core absolutely fell in love with the band and it's with no sense of irony that I say that this song led to my healthy I'd like to emphasize obsession with the music that they've created for all of these years and everything that's come with through the, the creation of Empty Spiral, going to as many concerts as I've gone to, uh, doing the podcast, everything that's come on since then could almost be attributed directly to how much I love this song. There you go. That's my kind of introduction. The song itself, I love the introduction, that the simple melody of the guitars are... Uh, I find the music in this song actually is relatively simple. I don't, I, I'm no musician, so uh, I may well be told I'm wrong here. But there's this this is kind of a, a musical simplicity about it. But that's not the strength of this song. The strength of this song is in the vocals. This is, in my mind, the best vocal performance by Christina in any Lacuna Core song, in my opinion, to my ears. It is perfect, and it's supported by an absolutely brilliant performance by Andrea on the kind of the backing vocals as it were or the the vocals on the verses that he sings and it just for anybody who doesn't necessarily respect the vocal range of Christina and, and how she sings I just say just listen to this song because to me it is it's just absolutely perfect in terms of the lyrics now I was thinking about this I was reviewing these lyrics today folks and we talked long and hard about 119 lyrics and how bleak they are 
what do they mean? I think, actually, that, that uh, current obsession's in the same camp. You look at those lyrics and you can say, well, it's just about obsession about something. But let's take it to another level. And if we say it's about someone's obsession, what is it their obsession is? Is it an event? Let's, let's sort of play back the kind of the questions we asked ourselves about 119 and ask them about a current obsession. And I find myself asking the same questions. What is this about? Because those lyrics are really poetic and they're really complicated when you look at them. I, I've, I looked at them a number of times today and I still don't know what it is I'm actually looking at in terms of the, the content of those. I Typically in my reviews I say I've got favourite lyrics and I, I just don't really have favourite lyrics for this song because every single line in, in this song is a, a choice piece of prose in my opinion and, and worthy of a poem. Uh, I think... If I had to, it would probably be the chorus itself. I think the chorus is sublime. But every line that's said, I, I think he's, he's clever, um, really walks that poetic line, has emotion in it. I, I, I don't really know where to end on this. Uh, it's, it is a great, great song. And I'm... It's still my favourite song. Like I still listen to it every day and almost well, pretty much do. It's a current obsession and uh, I think it will remain my current obsession for a long time to come. Cool. Crikey. Next. <laughs> oh, go on, Mike. You, you can concur. Uh, yes, uh, I concur. Yes. Um, do you want me to say a bit more? I think you ought to. Yes. Um well, starting from the opening, uh, the opening of the song with the guitar work, I, I really, I, I really love this as a song, and through the uh, the whole, the whole thing really, the drumming in it works really well, and like you mentioned about the vocal range and everything with Christina, it, it is one of those gems I think, of their discography that we've uh, gone through so far, but in general. If you had to sum up everything from start to finish of what they've done through Dark Adrenaline, I think the vocal range with her just is that there's nothing stronger in my mind um, up to this point, and it's just unbelievable the uh, the strength and power with within her voice. Um, and um, I'm losing my train of thought a bit now. What else can I say? I've I've looked through the lyrics. I've got them in front of me, and they are very cryptic. And I was trying to imagine what it could be about. Is it the breakup of a relationship that we've touched upon with other songs, or is it that somebody's under the spell of someone else, and the obsession is uh, that between the person that has that spell over someone else? Or could it be that the the starting line could be um, a third person involved in in the whole setup of of it? I'm not too sure, and that's that's where it becomes very cryptic when you're th reading it throughout. But it really works, and I I really like it as well. What about you, Russ? 
Okay, I mean, likewise, I've, I've made some notes. Um, I love the haunting intro of the guitars that you've mentioned, and then it sort of seeps into that ghostly, angelic vocal line of Christina, just blending in with the, the opening melody. Um, we've mentioned the mix quite a few times on this album with songs. I actually think that for a current obsession, I think the mix is pretty much perfect with how this song sounds sonically. You've got that blend of the bouncing bass, you've got the drums, you've got the accent on the ride cymbal. It just works great with the guitars and really adds a, a texture and a flow and a, a driving force if you like behind the songs um, I love the fact of the drum roll which goes into the cymbals and then to the toms on the bridge with that so, subtle single picking on the guitars which just again just adds textures which is sort of common throughout Unleashed Memories as an album as a whole it's just so much depth and as I said texture to it I think the guitar tone on the outro is also great lyrically I think it's it's quite common sense albeit it is cryptic lyrics it is clearly a song about obsession um, again I took a similar sort of point to you in terms of the, the relationship back to the 119 it is that sort of cryptic train of thought you you get a sense of the context of what the song is about but you can't decipher in its, in its entirety mm. um, I love the way Christina sings the line hiding to survive as you mentioned it's sort of sung almost like a, a vocal sustain where she really stretches out the notes and it really does sort of show off the range that she has as a vocalist um, I love the line it raised the burning fear into your eyes again it's just imagery and poetry and again touching on imagery it's talks about cloud and rain and desert and it just throws up so many sort of visual aspects that you can picture in terms of the song what it's about where it's set and what it might mean to you it's one of those classic songs that it means something to the writer but you can take so many different interpretations from the song for reading the lyrics I, so I think again, it's completely right it deserves greater interpretation than we can possibly give it i feel the lyrics mm. in this song but as you both mentioned generally it's, it's another strong song Alain? Well, now I'm going to make Matt happy because uh, I say that's my favorite from Malish Memories, I guess. It's, I, I really, really love the atmosphere uh, from beginning to end. The guitars at the beginning uh, are very, very sweet, I guess, and also the beginning of the drums, even though I usually get lost in the drums for keeping the rhythm for the song. But uh, it's really musically is... Uh, is amazing. It's the most amazing on Irish memories. And also vocally, it's uh, really perfect. I don't find any mistake or, I don't know, some parts that are lower than the others or I don't know. Andrea did a very good job on that song. And also, I guess it's uh, vocally better on that song than on a lot of other songs from the newest records. And also the Christina part, it's very angelic. I guess it feels like an angel singing in some parts. Mm. What about lyrically? Lyrically, to me, I've always viewed it as uh, like a point of the point of view of the of somebody who really loses somebody else from his point of view. Like uh, I don't know, I lose a friend for really death. I don't know if somebody loses a friend for death. It's that somebody's point of view, and uh, I. I don't know, all the lyrics, uh, all the images it gives, uh, it gives some sort of passion, which makes it feel, I, I mean, not better, but uh, understood. If you lose a friend or if you lose, uh, if I don't know, your lover, I don't know, even for death or for other reasons, it's uh, that song makes you feel really understood. 
it takes you really to another dimension. I don't know. It's strange, really, but it's really my favorite mm. of the record, of course. <laughs> I didn't mention the mix earlier, actually, because one of the things I did put in my notes, but I forgot. You, you mentioned the mix, Russ, around this, and, I, and I've criticised the, the mix on Unleashed Memories a few times here. I think you're right. I think the mix on this song is is excellent. Uh, the the music mixes. I, I still there's still a small part of me that doesn't like the echo that I hear in Christina's voice when she sings this song, and I only really hear it if I'm listening to it on headphones. Now, if, I, if we speak, as you you never really capture it. It's very very subtle, but there is a kind of a a repeat almost in in, the, in her vocals. And that I it doesn't detract from the song at all for me. But I wish it wasn't there. If you see what I mean. If they were to re-record this or or whatever, then I I would hope that they wouldn't put it in because it doesn't need it. The the vo- the vocals are are perfect without their that repeat that echo to be there in my opinion but okay, it's just my opinion October the 7th this is a memory that I have an enduring memory of this song uh, 2006 which is when the Lacuna Corps played at the Corn Exchange in Cardiff and bearing in mind this is not a song that I've ever heard live in front of an audience they, they've never played it I've asked them so many times uh, one of the issues I have back from the Unleashed Memories days is they've a lot, lost a lot of the backing tracks and stuff so any time they play it live they would need to re-record this stuff so they have to be quite selective and of course it's a, an album that's well over a decade old now so there aren't that many people when you look at their fan base that, that know these songs and obviously newer fans the type of fans that would be encouraged to come to concerts don't know these songs on that day they sound check this song from start to finish and I had the privilege of, of hearing it it was in the Corn Exchange the band were on stage I wasn't in the room when they started but I kind of I remember rushing into the room as soon as I heard it playing and there was the sound guys there was me there was them and they played this song start to finish and it was a, a real kind of a, a, a stunned silence I remember having it's an enduring memory of mine especially when they didn't play the song live later on. They sound checked it. Apparently, Marco wasn't happy with the mix. It was an experiment because they weren't planning on bringing it on tour, but they, they played the song to see if it would work for them as an alternative to another song. They didn't, and that was the only time I've heard them play the song in, I guess, a live place. And it's an enduring memory, as I say. I, I really, I hope one day I will get to hear them play current obsession in front of a live audience that to me would be the just the biggest event as it were that i could ever experience at a lacuna core concert so one day i hope i'm hoping you'll get a, a sense of the amount of passion i have for this song because it really is heartfelt I, I love this song just completely uh alan you mentioned it perfect vocals they're absolutely perfect for me so ratings-wise, you don't even need to ask. I probably don't even need to tell you what rating I'm giving this. I'm giving this top scores. How could I not? Hell, if I could give it 100 out of 10, I would. But that's just silly. And <laughs> It's a 10 out of 10 song for me, and it will, it will always be a 10 out of 10 song. It's my favourite song. But you, Mike? Um, well, like with the reviews, I I feel that sometimes I struggle to get my point across with with this and with the scores, but... I, I'm in the same train of thought that you are, that I really do love this song, and I'll also give it a 10. Russ? Great song, but I'm unfortunately going to let the side down. I'll be honest, it's not my favourite song on the album, but it is a great song, so it's an 8 out of 10 for me. 
Okay, Alan? Well, being my favorite song, another one, but uh, being this song particularly, my favorite from Unleashed Memories, I might give a 9 out of 10. I'm okay. not giving up them just because it's not my real favorite. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we'll have to invite you back for that 10 out of 10 when we do the Karma Code album. <laughs> you have to call me back. <laughs> Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our review and, of course, to the end of our podcast today. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can, of course, do so via the Empty Spiral podcast, which is www.emptyspiral.net. You can also contact us uh, via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net, or via Twitter, which is at emptyspiral.net. You can also send us an email. The links are on our, our website. You can listen to the podcast, of course, from Empty Spiral itself. And you can also subscribe if you've got a mobile device or uh, or you just want to save the pain of going to the website every week. It will collect it for you if you go to iTunes and uh, you can subscribe from there. There's links on the website and you can do the same through the Stitcher Radio Network and get yourself a free app and put it on your, your Android or your iPhone or whatever and you can, you can do the same there. So yeah, that brings us to a close this week. I hope you've enjoyed it and I uh, look forward to speaking to you all soon. Thanks a lot, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys. Cheers.